This is to be here celebrating the, uh, the rebirth or the new birth of five precious individuals. And this is their day. And we want to make sure that uh, this day is something as memorable as we can possibly make it. Other than the fact that I'm sure their, you know, their, um, um, their hearts are aflame uh, for God or with God right now. Um, as we uh, begin the sermon today, would you please open your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I felt compelled um, in the middle of the week, as a matter of fact, almost to the end of this, this week, a couple days ago, to change the sermon topic and put our um, current sermon series on hold so I may speak to the new, um, newly baptized <clears throat> and, of course, uh, to everyone. And so I've decided to uh, just pause it for one, for one Sabbath or shorten the, uh, uh, the sermon series to four sermons. We will be going back to it next Sabbath as Pastor Adam. By the way, aren't you proud of our youth pastor for all the hard work he put in? It's only, it's only, it's only uh, appropriate that he got to baptize the children today. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll be reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for... You called me, but he said, I did not call you. Lie down. So he went and, and, to, and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down and lay, and lay down, went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood. The Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Well, kids, this is your day, and God has spoken to you and continues to speak to you. 
a day of new beginning, a day you will remember for the rest of your life. And we're doing our part here as your church family to make it as memorable as possible for you. This has been the culmination of a long process of being spoken to by God. I should have asked all of you to sit in one place. Now I'm going to have to find you. (laughs) You're here. A day when you get to tell the world the choice you have made. And that choice is to answer the voice of God, the call of God in your life. And to accept his free gift of salvation as your own. And to walk with Jesus all the rest of your life. And you have your entire life ahead of you. You are very young and you're just beginning in life. And yes, one of you even gets to celebrate his birthday and new birth day today. Lucas, where are you? Happy birthday to all of you. But Lucas, happy birthday as well today because this is also your birthday. I told his mom today you couldn't have planned this any better. But to the five of you, Emma, where are you, Emma? There you are. Emma, Hayden, there you are, Hayden. Um, Roman, Roman, I I love your name. Happens to be my favorite book as well. Beck, there you are, Beck. The Raymond of the crowd, everybody's friend. And of course, Lucas. I noticed something here when, you know, when uh, um, Dev asked all the families to stand, there was a bunch of kids right over here. They never stopped. They, they kept standing the whole way through. They consider you guys part of their family. I, I'm sure you know who they are. They're your friends at school. This is your day, and this is your new rebirth day. And we are so proud of you. And the whole of heaven rejoices rejoices because of your choice. And I want to ask you today, and I want to ask everyone here today, how did you get here? How did you get to this place to make this decision? And just when and how did God start speaking to you? Now that you've chosen him, what can you expect from him, from the God who you've chosen today? And the fact is that God has always been speaking to you. He's always been speaking to you even before you were born. As a matter of fact, he's been speaking to you from the day you were conceived in your mother's womb. I want to take you to Psalm 139. And and one of those beautiful psalms that that says so much to all of us. And it says here in verse, uh, verse 13. And then jumping on to 14 and 15, or 15 and 16, it says... For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet There was none of them. So even before you lived a single day on this earth, before you were born, God had already counted all your days and he's already been wooing you to himself. That is the kind of God that you serve. He pays attention to you. You would expect him to talk. He's a person, as a matter of fact. He's a person. 
And so he speaks, and he's been speaking to you even before, and especially before, you made that decision to follow him and his son, Jesus Christ, all the way. So how does God speak? Well, having read um, 1 Samuel, it's kind of daunting to, uh, to be preaching uh, from this book because we are told in our, in our scripture that God did not only speak audible, audibly to Samuel, he stood in front of Samuel that night when he calls him three times and Eli the high priest misunderstood what it was initially. He stood in front of Samuel that night and unless, and I haven't, told, I haven't, I haven't heard any, anything that comes close to that experience, you may have had that experience where you had the Lord speaking to you audibly. He may have stood in front of you in the middle of the night. Chances are probably that didn't happen. Correct me if I'm wrong. You can raise your hand right now. It is very daunting to be talking about how God speaks and turning to Samuel where God speaks just audibly and literally being physically present right there to call a person from death to life. How does God speak? I wanted to enlarge, I want to enlarge our understanding of, 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 of this because I lost my clicker. There it is. I always lose clickers. I found one. The third one, I found a third one in my exercise bag. It's been there for probably months. And I turned it in today, Scott. So now we're back to all three are, you know, now I'm, I can lose one more for several months. So um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just kind of a, uh, that, that way sometimes. Uh, my keys are attached to me, so I can't lose them today. Right there, I have them today. All right. Where was I? Samuel stands in the presence of God and God speaks to him audibly and chances are most of us have not had that experience. Even as we sit here today, as committed as ever, as Christian as, uh, as we uh, think ourselves to be, and we are, as committed believers, we can only perhaps name in the history even of, of Christianity those that have had this fantastic, this beautiful experience of having been called by God audibly, by God himself. So we want to be able to enlarge our understanding of how God speaks because, you know, our understanding is that God speaks because he's a person and he speaks all the time. And he doesn't, speak, he doesn't just speak to you at the moment just prior to your conversion or at conversion. He speaks to you all of your life, all of our lives. And so we've turned to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and not just chapter 3, as a matter of fact, but 1 Samuel, uh, you know, the entire life of, of Samuel to help guide us, to, to help us understand what it, what it really is or what it means when we say that God speaks. In what ways that God, does, does, does God speak to us? And here in the story of Samuel, we may find four things, and I just want to go through those things rather quick, really quickly with you guys. First thing is this, that God speaks as he cultivates the, the soil of your life. And he speaks, as he cultivates, he speaks really in two, um, in, in two ways, or two general ways. He speaks through people that, that we come in contact with, those that are part of our circle, 
He speaks with, the, with your mom and uh, he, he speaks to you through your mom and dad, to your friends, um, to a bunch of people. And different qualities of people, in fact, broken people, imperfect people, and yes, faithful people. And in the life of Samuel, there are three, distinctively three individuals that were uh, part of that, uh, of God speaking to him as, as God cultivated his life, the rich soil of, of Samuel's life. The first one was, of course, his dad. His dad was a priest. So Samuel was a PK, a priest's kid. <laughs> I found out some time ago that that's, that PK is actually, it started out to be a pejorative term. It's not meant as a compliment. And I can see why. I remember when I was in college and I was dorming in college with a bunch of guys and, you know, having the fun, you know, the time of our life, having fun. And some of the most problematic kids were PKs. And I pray to God that that's not the case with my own kids. Pastures, kids. And there's not, a, there's not much, and you can read too much into the story of Samuel, but one of the things that we find about his dad is that perhaps his dad was a little bit too detached of a guy. Detached from the family. And yes, in those days, it was allowed, it was common practice to marry more than one spouse. And he did not have enough wisdom in him, perhaps, to just pick one. And it created quite a stir in his family. But he was a priest of God. And for all his brokenness and, and his weaknesses, he witnessed about God to his own son. He must have. Because that's how God speaks to us a lot of times when short of him speaking to us through his audible voice, he brings people into our lives that we ought to appreciate. And there are times when even those people that are far from perfect would, you know, would come to us with, with the force, with the voice, uh, carrying the force of the voice of God, of God speaking to us. You don't need to call. You don't need a perfect individual. There's no, su there's no such individual in the world anyway. And in, uh, and in Samuel's life, his dad was a voice for God to this young boy. And I would like to say as well, your dads today are also a voice for God in your life. He's been cultivating that soil. And you've been listening to your dad. You've been seeing and, you know, all the examples that your dad gives you. And then, of course, there is his mother, his faithful mother, who, how can we um, ignore the power of the witness of, of, of Samuel's mom? Hannah. And Hannah's act of faith and in uh, promising her firstborn to God. And after Samuel was weaned, she cashes in on her promise, or she fulfills her promise to the Lord by turning Samuel over to the high priest to live there, to be mentored by Eli, the high priest himself. Your mothers, 
also carry the voice of God to you and speaks the voice or the words of God to you often. And then, of course, there's Eli. Eli, that imperfect, that broken, that high priest who later on was judged by God as, as, as undeserving of that title, of that office as high priest, judged by God. And yet, this was the person that God chose to mentor this young man, Samuel. God is always speaking, and is speaking through, as he cultivates the rich soil of your life, bringing people in to your circle of influence, to your circle of friends, of family and friends. Pay attention to them, because from time to time, God speaks through them. God speaks also as he cultivates the rich soil of your life through the circumstances you find yourself in your life, the various circumstances. And Samuel, as, as the story tells us, ends up, I mean, I would have loved to have been in Samuel's Samuel shoes, to have the high priest be my mentor and to teach me the ways of God. However imperfect Eli was, whatever criticism we may have of Eli, and no pastor is perfect, I can tell that myself to you. And yet, God put Samuel in this beautiful, you know, in this beautiful soil where he is exposed to the word of God and he's exposed to the ways of God very early on in his life. Good or bad, circumstances, God uses the various circumstances of life to speak to you. And he does that not just prior to your baptism. He does that throughout the entire length of your walk with God. So be always paying it, be, uh, pay attention to the circumstances you find yourselves in. Take time to notice. Take time to thank the people that God puts in, put in your life. Puts in your life. Because often God will speak through them. But God does not just speak as he cultivates the rich soil of, of your life. He also speaks as he calls you by name. And here again, I need to be uh, treading lightly here and be very, very careful. Because there's a lot of glib talk out there, you'll find, where people, sometimes it makes you feel that you are a second class or a third class uh, Christian. Because, you know, when they, they, tell you, they tell you things like, God spoke to me. I want to tell you something. I want to ask you to do something if, you know, if you're brave enough to do this. When somebody comes to you or you hear somebody uh, telling you, God told me or God spoke to me, ask them one question. Ask them, how did he tell you? How did he talk to you? And chances are, most of the time, um, you know, um, most of the time, God did not speak to them audibly. God's, but God speaks to us as he calls us by name. And of course, of course, you know, the, the first thing that we must understand is this, that because God is a person, he speaks, and therefore he can speak audibly. And there's plenty of evidence here in Scripture that tells us that God does that from time to time. Or a lot of times. 
He may not do this necessarily with you. That's his choice. And we leave that up to God to speak to you audibly if he so chooses. And by the way, short of having a, an experience like what Samuel had in, in our scripture, what we read today, short of having that experience, you can actually have the next best thing or perhaps even better in that if you look at this Bible, you hold up your Bible, hold your Bible, your Bible is really the compendium of God's audibly speaking to his people throughout the entire history of this world. If you're looking, if you're, if you're wanting to have that experience where God speaks to you audibly, here it is. This is the compendium of God speaking throughout the entire history of Christianity and beyond. God speaks as he calls you by name. Does he actually call you by name? And, and you know, when I was, I, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was your age, a little older, when I, I was a little older, when I was, uh, when I gave my life to, to God, I was 14, 15 years old, when I gave myself to God. Am I not, my wife is telling me that I'm not on. Okay, because um, it says I'm muted. But not by me. Do you mean to say I have to start over? <laughs> you guys hungry? I won't start over. The, the spirit will have just to, just have to fill fill in the rest, right? What you've missed so far. All right, it's not working. It is now. Is it working? It is. All right. Where was I? God did not mute. That's not part of the sermon. <laughs> God speaking to me. <laughs> so God speaks as he cultivates the rich soil of your life. That was the first point. And uh, the, he cultivates the, soil of, the rich soil of your life by bringing people into your life through, and, 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 and having you pay, pay attention to the various circumstances in your life. And, and by the way, if, if you're too busy or you're moving too fast and you're not paying attention, you'll miss a lot of these things. So uh, the, the point is, you need to find some ways to just slow down, pay attention, and so you can you know, hear the, Lord, the, the voice of God speaking through these things. And, and, and I said, the second point is that God speaks as he calls you by name. And I was just saying that he calls you by audibly. This is why, specifically, I, I, you know, I, I picked 1 Samuel chapter 3. Because we must establish the fact that God does audibly speak, even if he does not have a body like you and me. Even if he is a spirit, he does speak audibly. But if you're wanting that same experience as Samuel had, and the Lord in his own wisdom and by his grace chooses not to do it as he did it with Samuel, then short of that, read the word. And you will find that God still speaks with the same force. When you read the experience of Samuel, he also can speak audibly, so to speak, through his written word. But there is far, you know, there, there, there is something deeper than that as well. As, 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 and that, that is that God speaks as he calls to you by name through that inner voice 
that comes to you. And that inner voice really works a little bit like this. The inner voice comes to you either directly as the Spirit of God moves you, as the Spirit of God uh, infuses thoughts into your mind. Thoughts that you may a lot of times find to be just kind of random thoughts. And somebody asked me the question the other day, how do you know that God is speaking to you through your mind? And, 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 and to me, as I read scripture, I found out that, and nobody taught me this in seminary, by the way. I wish they did. It was something that I just discovered for myself as, as I read scripture and as I meditated and as I pay, tried to pay attention more and more as to how God speaks to me. Is that, you know, this, this, just about the safest thing you could, you, uh, that, that uh, can assure you uh, that it is God's uh, spirit um, putting thoughts into your mind is whether those things carry the fruit of the spirit. If they are loving and joyful and peaceful and, and they don't have that weight of worry or doubt or fear or trepidation, and if that voice that is entering your thought is devoid of anything, that, of devoid of, of any attachment to anything that you have in, before you, and it's coming to you with that quality, with that weight, the weight that I just described to you, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, chances are that voice is coming from God through the Holy Spirit, entering your own thought world. And if that should happen to you, and it happens a lot, and it, you'd be amazed to find out how many, how many do not pay attention to that voice coming to them through the privacy of their own thoughts. But that is how God speaks. And that is how God speaks and calls you. And he may not necessarily be calling you by name. He does sometimes. But you do know that once that, that, you know, those thoughts enter your mind, that God is addressing you directly. And when he addresses you directly, he expects you not only to listen to his voice, but to act on it immediately. Because in my own ex experience, once you, you um, uh, it's, 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 it's bad enough, you don't pay attention, but you know, when you do pay attention, and then you hear that voice, or that thought comes to your mind, and then you, know, you just forget about it, and you don't act on it, whatever that is, whatever it is that comes to you, and you don't act on it. You don't act on it. You will find that voice coming to you less and less. God speaks as he calls you through his audible voice. And through scripture, that audible voice continues. And he speaks your, and calls your name through that inner voice that comes to you as he talks to, your, to you in your mind, and it's also as he talks to you, as he warms your heart. And this is a secret, really, because now we're going into the next two points, and, and the next two points leads us to, you know, what God wants, how God speaks to you after you've been baptized. Because the third point is this, that God speaks as he commissions you to a life of witness. You will notice in, the, in our scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that the calling of or, or the, 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 um, the conversion experience of Samuel, and by the way, it was not a, 
uh, it was not a sudden, even if there was that, you know, it was not a sudden uh, conversion experience. It was more of a gradual, a gradual pull, a gradual, uh, as if God was, you know, slowly, gradually pulling Samuel to himself. Even if, even if he did speak to him, that must have been rather dramatic and, uh, and, and so on. Yet, we find that Samuel's experience almost certainly mirrors your experience, the five of you today. Why? Because you were born into a Christian home with Christian parents who sent you to Christian school, who surrounded you with Christian friends, who, who, who are continuing to make sacrifices for you so that you may be taught the ways of God early. But I'm here to tell you that has its downside as well. Because you, because, because you may not necessarily have had a dramatic, a dramatic conversion experience. And in my experience as a pastor, I've had a lot of, uh, I've baptized a lot of kids who grew up in Christian homes, later on questioning whether or not that conversion experience was real because it was not sudden. And I'm here to tell you, you'd much rather have a gradual experience than a sudden one. The sudden experience are for those people that have wasted their lives in the world. And there was no, there's no other way for God to get, grab their attention but to shake them out of their stupor and out of their sins. You are blessed to have this gradual experience. And if someday somebody should question, should put that seed of doubt in your mind, I want you, I want you to remember today. And I want you to remember this sermon today. And I want you to remember, read my lips. Your conversion experience is just as real as a sudden experience. And it is even, in many ways, better. Better. Because you have, you, by the time you make the decision to follow God, you will have had years of experience as a believer already. Something which a lot of people don't even have. They don't have that to fall back on. You are blessed because God has been cultivating that rich soil of your life from the day you were born, even before you were born. As your mom and dad prayed for you, as you grew in your mother's womb, and surrounded you with all the love, with all the things that would be necessary for you to make that choice. And I'm glad that you've made that cho choice today. I'm glad that you have. But this is just the beginning. Because when Samuel was called, his calling and his commission were almost instantaneous. They came at the same time. It, and and that, that, may not always, that may not always be the case. And that's fine. I'm not here to tell you uh, you know, I'm, you notice that Pastor Adam or I never asked you the question, what is God calling you to be? Or what is your commission? There is one commission that will never change when you become a Christian, and that is this, that God expects you to witness with your life. 
Whatever, what, you know, whatever, God, whatever you choose to become uh, with, with your life, your vocation in life, there's always the commission that, that, that precedes that. And what is that? That every person that becomes a Christian becomes a witness for God. Whether or not God has, uh, or you have discovered for yourself what your vocation in life will be. But I'm here to tell you that God speaks as he commissions you to a life of witness. And a lot of times as you begin to discover, as you begin to discover your own place in the kingdom of God, in society, your vocation in life, usually two things are at play. First is this, that God speaks as he commissions you to a life of witness through the natural talents that he's already given you. It's already there. What are you good at? Those are your natural talents. And then, and, then, and then with that, he will normally, what he will do is also, he will warm your heart. He will warm your heart. That's another way God speaks to you that's not audible. That's one of the ways I mentioned earlier that God speaks to you through the inner, inner voice. It's when you, he warms your heart so much that you just, you know, your desire changes. And then, and then you, 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 you want to do something for God. It's called your passion. Your passion is almost always based also on the talents that he has already given you before you were born. They're already there, See, like seeds that need to just sprout, and they will sprout. But when you give your life to God, he will add, he will infuse you with that passion to do something for him. To do something for him. And when the time comes, when you choose your vocation in life, what you want to be in life, that passion, he wants, you to, he wants you to take your talents and the passion that you have for him and infuse that into whatever vocation you pick for yourself. And that way, you will fulfill your commission of becoming or being a witness for him, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, whether you choose to be a pastor like me, or a priest, whatever you choose to be. Because God speaks as he commissions to you, commissions you to a life of witness. The last thing is this. God speaks as he confirms your place in his kingdom. You will notice in the story of 1 Samuel 3, or the story of Samuel's life, that um, Samuel became um, himself, became a prophet. That was, that was his, uh, um, his calling from the Lord. That, that, that's what he was uh, commissioned to be in terms of his vocation in life. And he, and he fulfilled that uh, wonderfully in his own lifetime. He wasn't perfect. And he made some crucial mistakes in his life. And at... Uh, I think that a little bit of Eli's influence uh, on him kind of, ru uh, <laughs> Eli rubbed off on him a little bit too much uh, when it comes to how he treated his own sons. Um, and so they were a little bit wayward as well, but, but that's okay because God still loves Samuel and still honored Samuel. And that's what I want to communicate with you with this last point, that God speaks as he confirms you and he will confirm your place in his kingdom. Trust it. You have a uh, an important place in the kingdom of God already, just being who you are. 
And as you discover what your calling is in your life, what, you, what you, God wants you to be, your, your vocation, then as you become more and more faithful to God, as Samuel was, he will confirm you, he'll, affirm, he'll uphold you. He'll give you such a solid place in his kingdom. You'll be happy for the rest of your life. It's not going to be always, it's not going to be easy, of course. Nothing in life comes easy. You have your entire life ahead of you. It all begins when God captures your mind and holds your mind. Or when your mind, I should say, is captivated by by an image of God so powerful that it changes the trajectory of your life. And it changes the conduct of your life. A friend of mine sent sent me and uh, sent this... uh, uh, you know, Facebook is fantastic. It's a lot of, you know, everybody's, everybody's ready to, you know, to um, uh, capture some video of something. So, so um, you know, in the hopes perhaps of going viral. Um, but um, a friend of mine in our chat group, group with pastor friends of mine who I graduated with in college, sent us this uh, adorable um, video of a three-year-old girl. Um, something... It's pretty, you know, as, as soon as you uh, go through the video, video lasts about a couple minutes. Um, and pretty, pretty, um, it's pretty uh, uh, amazing how something had captured the imagination of this girl. Uh, there she was, she's lying in bed and pretending to be in a lot of pain. And, and so the dad sees that something's going on with her, his daughter and, and that, uh, you know, very imaginative uh, daughter, and so uh, he pulls his uh, his uh, cell phone and starts recording. And um, something has captured his daughter's uh, imagination, uh, and 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 I don't know where she got it from. She must have gotten it from what she was watching. Who knows? But you know how kids are sometimes. A lot of times with their imagination, they can run wild. So dad pulls his phone and starts filming. Baby doll, what's wrong? And baby, uh, the three-year-old girl says, Dad, I'm in a lot of pain. She's not, in a, she's not in pain. Why? What happened? I have UTI, Dad. <laughs> UTI? Oh, baby doll, I should take you to the ER. Dad has already read the situation. He knows what's going on. I should take you to the ER. And the girl says, no, Dad. ER won't help. Why? What is UTI anyway? Well, Dad, UTI means that my heart is broken. Somebody's broken my heart, and the ER cannot fix it. Something has captivated this girl's mind, and she thinks it's UTI. (laughs) And she thinks that ER cannot fix her. And I'm sure we as adults think she's just pretending. I'm here to tell you it must have been real to her because that was her imagination. And I'm here to tell you as well that the same conduit, the same synapses that caused, you know, that, that caused the, the neurons to fire in this little girl's brain to think that she's got UTI, incurable UTI, and she's going to die from a broken heart. It's the same synapses are the same synapses that fire 
when we grab hold of God and we get, we, and we get a vision of God. That's the vision that br- brought you to that baptistry. It's the same vision, or at least same neurons that are firing in all cylinders because now you've given your life to God and now your vision is to live for God. Now you live for God. Now you belong to Him and He is yours. It will, it, it has now, your life has, will never be the same because the trajectory of your life has just changed forever. That is the power of that baptistry. It has the power to sway your entire body. It has the power to change your life. Not the baptistry itself, but what God has infused in your mind. The five-year-old girl is proof of that, but I'm here to tell you that the five, or the three-year-old girl, but I'm here to tell you that the five of you are proof that the mind that is in love with God is a powerful mind. And no, ER won't cure it. Because it's UTI, folks. And UTI cannot be cured in the ER. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> it's amazing. You'll always, you'll always have today. But now I want to end my, my talk here by not just speaking to you, but speaking to the rest of you especially those of you that are maybe questioning whether or not you want to be baptized. I'm not here to bully you into baptism or put you on the spot. But I'm here, what I'm here to do is to challenge you or perhaps to even ask you if you've been hearing that voice through the people and the circumstances in your life, through that inner voice, whatever it may be, do you find yourself imagining what it would be like to be a Christian? What baptism is like? Those are the beginnings of God speaking to you audibly. I remember when it happened to me. It's been many years ago. For God has been speaking to you since you were in your mother's womb. And he never stops wooing you. By name. In your thoughts. In the warmth of your heart. Through the people that surround you. Through the circumstances of your life. And if you feel that this is the case... I want you to do something for me. After the sermon, talk to me. Tell me. Pastor, God has been speaking to me. What should I do? And I'm not going to tell you like Eli told Samuel, go back to sleep. I'm going to tell you, let's find out some more. Because you see, God is always speaking to you. He never stops. And he wants you to start listening to him. 
He loves you. He has a place for you in his kingdom. And he wants a good place for you in his kingdom. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We are so thrilled here today to welcome these wonderful people into our church and also into your kingdom. Bless them, help them as they continue on with their walk with you the rest of their lives. May they continue to be in love with you as you are in love with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.